0: Welcome to the Lakeside Church message podcast. This is just the sermon portion of our Sunday gathering. If you'd like to see the entire gathering, we live stream that at 1045 every Sunday at lakesidechurch.com, over on YouTube or on our Facebook page. If you have any questions about groups, care, events, or if you'd like to see what's happening in the life of the church in this season, you can find all of those details and connect with us over at lakesidechurch.com. Enjoy the message. He is risen. <laughs> Amen. All right on. Hey, morning, everybody. Uh, hey, before you sit down, <laughs> would you just thank our leaders who led us in worship today? <laughs> okay, now. <laughs> Jesus Christ is our living hope. Nobody knows what it was like for a dead body in a grave to begin to breathe again. What was that like? I don't know, but I... It had to be something like that. (laughs) It had to just be something like that, right? Uh, All right, I'm glad you're here. My name's Brad. I'm one of the pastors here. And we've been here at so We've been telling the story of Jesus uh, for the last four months specifically. I mean, we're always talking about Jesus, right? We're a church, so we talk about Jesus all the time. But uh, from Christmas to Easter or from the manger to the cross, we've been talking about Jesus for the last four months, and we've just, been, we've just been telling his story. We could go for weeks and weeks and weeks beyond that just to keep telling his story. But today we're going to transition from the cross to the tomb. And the whole story changes on Sunday morning. The whole story changes with the tomb. And I want you to hear a little bit of that story. I want to tell you some tomb stories today. I don't know how Halloween got all the, you know, all the tomb stories. how how they end up with all the tomb stories when it's Easter, where there are like really good tomb stories that we want to talk about. So we're going to talk about those stories uh, together for a few minutes today. Uh, If you have your Bible with you, why don't you open up to John chapter 20. Uh, If you don't have a Bible, that's fine. You can just listen. Or if you want to, on your phone, there is an app called YouVersion, and you can open that app up, and you can follow along with us there. We've got the scriptures all kind of uh, laid out for you in their order that we're going to talk about them today. But again, you can just listen if you want to. Let me start with John chapter 20, uh, verse 11. Now, Mary stood outside the tomb crying. So let me just stop first. This is not Mary Jesus' mother. This is Mary Magdalene who lived a, a remarkably broken life. Her life was terrorized by demons. Her life was broken by sin and by guilt and by shame and all kinds of pain. And one day, Jesus saw her and redeemed her. And it changed everything for her. And now she stands outside of his tomb, and she's weeping. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, "'Woman, why are you crying?' I'm like, I just want to ask the angels, I, are you new here? I mean, here's a woman. She lost one of her best friends. She lost a person that she considered her savior who saved her life, and he died on Friday, and now she's at his grave. And you're like, ladies, why are you crying? It's like, it's not obvious to you? I'm, okay, they're angels. I'm not making, I'm making a little fun. He goes on, uh, John goes on and The last part of verse 13 she said they've taken my lord away and i don't know where they've put him at this she turned around and saw jesus standing there but she did not realize that it was jesus he asked her woman why are you crying who is it you're looking for thinking he was the gardener she said sir if you've carried him away tell me where you have put him and i'll get him so mary turns around She's just going to leave the tomb. She turns around. She bumps into a man. She doesn't know it's Jesus. And you're like, okay, you've been with Jesus for like three years. How could you not know it's Jesus? She wasn't expecting Jesus to be vertical. She was expecting a horizontal Jesus in a tomb buried by a rock. So when she turned around and saw a man, you can't blame her for not recognizing the fact that it was Jesus. She expects a dead man. Now, Jesus is remarkable because he looks at Mary and he goes, woman, which is the same as like saying, ma'am, like, why are you crying? I'm like, Jesus, you should know, right? Why, why she's crying. But he asked her the question, why are you crying? And I think Jesus in his mind is going, Mary, didn't I go over this with you? Like, didn't we talk about this? Didn't I tell you that I was gonna die and I was gonna rise again and this was all gonna, didn't I, didn't I go over that with you? She, he says, why, why are you crying? He says, who are you looking for? and john says mary thinks he's the gardener now if you're a gardener no shame to you but like gardener jesus right have you ever have you ever run into a celebrity i don't mean like in your car no, no, I mean, have you ever just bumped in like you didn't know? you Unexpectedly, sometimes you're in a place like if you get an invitation to the Oscars, you're going to bump into a lot of celebrities, but they never invite me, so I've never done that. But every now and then you're just wa- walking around, you bump into a celebrity. Has that ever happened to you? It's a little weird. Like real, you really don't know what to do, right? I was playing golf about six months ago over in Lincoln at Turkey Creek, my favorite golf course. And a buddy of mine from Lakeside and my younger brother were with me. So three of us we're playing around of golf together we just teed off on the first hole and all three of our drives were in the fairway which is like unbelievable like it's almost a miracle so you know we're like oh good it's gonna be a good day we go back to our cart, we put our we put our golf clubs in the bag and then this other golf cart comes flying up the cart path to us and the guy in the, in the cart path is or in the cart is yelling at us He's like, hey hey they put me in your threesome like oh well okay so he comes flying up he doesn't he doesn't have his shoes on he gets his driver out he just whacks the ball past all of our balls comes back puts his golf shoes on and then we all get in our carts and we drive down the fairway we're gonna play the first hole so we played it it's a little bit frantic because he was kind of frantic just kind of pulling in and getting ready to go and so we we go down there we finish the first hole we're walking up to the second tee and I whenever I golf with someone that I don't know uh I just try and You know, introduce myself and find out who they are and what do they like and what do they do and stuff. So I asked the guy who was with us. I said, "Hey, so what do you do for a living?" He goes, "Well, I'm with ZZ Top." I'm like, "This is pretty cool. I'm playing golf with ZZ Top. You know, this is this amazing." So we played the second hole. We're down the fairway and getting. We finally get to the green, and we're walking onto the green. We're going to putt out for our next. Or whatever it was, we were going to put on our card, and uh, and as we're walking up to, to the green, I'm walking with this guy. So I said, "So, like, like, what do you do with ZZ Top?" He goes, "I'm the accountant." <laughs> no shame to you accountants, but you know, accountant, ZZ Top. <laughs> I'm like. And that's how Mary felt about the gardener. Okay, you're the gardener. That don't impress me much. You know, like, what's, what's happening here in this world for Mary? She's, she's beside herself until the gardener calls her by name. Gardener looks right in her eyes and says, Mary. Nobody had ever spoken her name like Jesus did. Nobody had ever used her name like Jesus did. When he spoke her name the first time, it healed her life. When he spoke her name this time, it gave her life. Jesus Christ is our living hope. But not everybody believes that. The story of Jesus is told by four different gospel writers. Each one of those writers gives a different perspective on the life of Jesus. So over in the gospel of Matthew, there's another telling of the same story of Jesus and his his first day of resurrection. So uh, Matthew chapter 27, again, if you want to follow along, Matthew 27, verse 62 Matthew says this The next day, the one after preparation day, the chief priests and the Pharisees went to Pilate. Sir, they said, we remember that while he was still alive, that deceiver said, After three days, I'll rise again. So give orders for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come and steal his body and tell the people that he has been raised from the dead, and this last deception will be worse than the first. Take a guard, Pilate said. Go make the tomb as secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone and posting the guard. The priests and the Pharisees get together. Now, these are the guys who pressured Pilate to execute Jesus. These were the ones who were saying, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. These are the ones and now they come to Pilate. they call jesus a deceiver they go we remember that when that deceiver was alive he told his disciples that he was going to rise again on the third day i'm like how come they got it and jesus followers didn't get it didn't jesus tell his followers the same thing how how is it that the chief priests and pharisees who hated him got the message they're like well didn't he go over that with you They said, we remember that when he was here, he said he was going to rise on the third day, which means they also knew that Jesus said that he would be delivered over to the authorities and crucified. And of course, they were the ones who caused that to happen. The priests and the Pharisees come to Pilate, the governor of their area, And they said, we think you'd be wise to secure the tomb because if you don't, then the last deception might be worse than the first. The first deception, in their opinion, was that Jesus claimed to be the Messiah. Jesus claimed to be the king of the world and the king of the Jews. The last deception was going to be that his disciples would claim that he rose from the grave. They said, Pilate, we think you ought to put a guard on the tomb just to make sure that doesn't happen. Now, Pilate has spent the weekend with these guys and he has had it up to here with them. They pestered him, and pestered him, and pestered him until he condemned the, a man that he knew to be innocent. And so he says, here's some Roman soldiers. They're the best we have. You can take them and do the best you can to secure the tomb. It's on you. Chapter 28. After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb There was a violent earthquake. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. So now they've they've passed the Sabbath. So Jesus died on Friday. They had a sort of a a quiet Sabbath. It was the Jewish Passover, so the Jews were celebrating that. But it'd been such a noisy week and such a disastrous Friday. They went through Saturday fairly quiet. Now it's Sunday morning, and some women come to the tomb of Christ, and there's an earthquake. You know why there was an earthquake? Because there was an angel landing. You know, we get weird ideas about angels. We think, oh, little, you know, angels, they come in. You know, it's really nice. No, an angel landed. earthquake happens when the angel lands on on the scene and the guards are so frightened these are these are roman soldiers who have been in battle the guards are so frightened that they shake and become like dead men so just let that sink into how you see the story and the emotion of what's going on in this story today verse 5 the angel said to the women don't be afraid For I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. He is risen, just as he said. Didn't he go over that with you? Oh, wait, that last part wasn't there. (laughs) He's not here. He's risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then quickly go and tell his disciples he is risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I've told you, which is what angels do. They're messengers, so he told them. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. The angel confronts them or meets them, addresses them, and he goes, I I know you're looking for Jesus of Nazareth who died, who was crucified. I know you're looking for him. I know you would expect him to be here, but he's not here. He's risen, just like he told you. You guys should have known this part. He's not here. He's risen. Now go and tell the others. And it says the women were filled with fear and filled with joy at the same time, and they turned to run off to go tell the others what they had just seen. They didn't stop to ponder it. They didn't stop to go, huh, we've seen, some, we've seen an angel today. We've seen an earthquake. We've seen a stone rolled away, and there's a tomb that's empty that used to have a, a dead man in there. And, uh, you know, it's really, it's really interesting. I wonder if we should believe this story or not. They didn't stop to ponder it. They're just like, yay! They're terrified and they're yaying and they're like, let's go! Verse 9. Suddenly Jesus met them. Jesus met them. Greetings! <laughs> Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, Don't be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There you will see me. Greetings! Like, really, Jesus, that's what you got? When was the last time you saw someone at the grocery store or on the Saturday market, and you, know, and you hadn't seen them for a while, and you go, greetings? <laughs> See, the problem is we just don't, we don't use that word. So when you, Jesus goes, greetings, I'm, I'm like, what are you, from Mars? You know, greetings, take me to your leader. You know, I, it's just a kind of a weird greeting, except that the problem is we just don't know how to translate that word very well because the word is literally simply the word joy. He sees these women. Now, what's it like? You've been been crucified. You probably died by suffocation. Jesus breathed his last and gave up his spirit to the Father. He said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. And then he died, and then he spent that time in the tomb, dead until his lungs began to breathe again. And the first thing he does when he comes out of the tomb, he sees these women who are friends of his. Women he has redeemed with his life and he sees him, and he can't contain himself, and he goes, joy. They're like, actually, no, it's Mary and Mary. Come on, you guys, I practiced that one. (laughs) He goes, joy, or rejoice, or I'm so happy to see you. Don't you, don't you ever get distanced from somebody in your life, you know, a relative who lives a long ways away or a friend who moved away or something, and then you get back together and you're just like, oh, I'm so happy to see you. Imagine what it's like to go to hell and back and then to see the people you love. He's out of his mind with joy. He, he goes, joy, and he sends him off on a mission. You've seen me. Now go and tell my brothers to meet me in Galilee. I'm going to see them there. and this piece of the story finishes up in verse 11 it says this while the women were on their way some of the guards went into the city and reported to the chief priests everything that had happened when the chief priests had met with the elders and devised a plan they gave the soldiers a large sum of money telling them you were to say his disciples came uh, during the night and stole him away while we were asleep if this report gets to the governor we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble so the soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed and this story has been widely circulated among the Jews to this very day. When all this came down, the guards had shaken and become like dead men but they, but they, invent, they ended up waking up and they're still alive and they realize that the one who was dead is now gone and they don't have a story to tell. And so where do they go? To whom do they go? To Pilate? Their boss? Why don't they report to their boss? Like, boss, we messed up. You know, or, or boss, Simon over here messed up. You know, you know, somebody messed up. Why don't they go to their boss? Precisely because they messed up. Precisely because they couldn't stand up to an angel. For a guard in the Roman cohort to fail at his post, to fail at a watch that he was placed on would cost him his life to go and report to Pilate and say, Pilate, you know, we, we messed up. There would be a special tomb prepared just for them. So they don't go to Pilate. They go to the chief priests who were not their boss, but were the ones who were concerned about the tomb not being left unguarded in the first place. They go to the chief priests and they tell them the story. Now the chief priests have an opportunity to say, will we believe what they say? Or will we believe what Jesus had already said? on the third day i will rise from the grave the chief priests chose to believe the story of the guards and so they paid him a lot of money they gave him a script and they said if anybody asks you what happened tell them. his disciples came while we were sleeping which was against the rule for them sleeping on the job was not cool for a guard his disciples came and stole the body they said, no, 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 you guys, if we tell people that, that's gonna get back to Pilate, the governor. He's not gonna be happy with us. They said, we've got more money. They must have had a good slush fund. They said, we got more money. We'll, we'll make it smooth with him too, don't worry. And that story got circulated all the way through Jerusalem. Whom do you believe? When it comes to the story, whom do you believe? You can believe the soldiers who were so terrified of their own boss that they wouldn't even go report to him what had happened. You can believe the soldiers who had a vested interest, a financial and an existential interest in promoting fake news. You can believe the soldiers that somebody stole Jesus' body. Or you could believe the women Their testimony would have been completely disregarded in that generation simply because of their gender. But you could choose to believe the women. You can choose to believe the women who were scared to death, but they actually saw Jesus and touched Jesus and held Jesus and worshiped Jesus that day. You can believe the women. You can believe the women who risked their lives for the rest of their lives to tell their story about Jesus. Whom do you believe? I believe the women. I believe Jesus. I believe he did what he said was go- he was going to do. I believe what happened to him is exactly what he said was going to happen. I believe that Jesus Christ is our living hope. Whom do you believe? Jesus, I pray for us today that we would believe you. Lord, I know that many of the people, maybe most of the people in the room, believe you. They trust you. We came together on Easter to celebrate your resurrection. And so I'm grateful for all of them. I I pray for a blessing. I pray that you would breathe fresh life into them, into us. Lord, there may be some among us, though, that came not, not to celebrate Easter, but came for some other reason, to, maybe to hear the message, maybe to, to consider your story, to consider these things that are written about you. Maybe they just came to be with a family member or to be with a friend that they haven't seen for a long time. But Lord, now they're confronted with your story. And they have to decide whether they'll believe the soldiers and whether they'll believe the chief priests and the Pharisees, or whether they'll believe these women who saw Jesus alive. Lord, I pray for these people among us that you would give them grace, open their heart to you. May they trust you. And Lord, would you radically change their lives because of that faith. Jesus, thank you. We love you. We worship you together today. Amen. Let me give you a couple of invitations, if I might. You may be like the person that I was praying for. You came in today because someone said, hey, come to church with me on Easter and I'll take you to brunch afterwards. You know what? If you're a person who invited someone to come to church and then go to brunch with you, God bless you. Good job. And if, and if you convince them to come, God bless you. That's amazing. Now, if you're one of those people that came with somebody like that and you're like, I don't know, I haven't really thought about Jesus much or I thought about him a lot, but I've never made a commitment to him by faith. You have to ask yourself the question, whom will I believe? And not everybody believes in Jesus, and we understand that. What about you? The whole point of Easter Sunday is resurrection. The whole point of resurrection is Jesus wants to radically change your life. He he wants to save you. Your life might have been just like Mary's which was broken and it was a disaster and she lived with tons of shame because of the things that she had done and the things that had been done to her. And Jesus saved her because she believed him. And maybe this is your day. Maybe this is your day to say Jesus, I believe you. There's no magic words, there's no magic formula, there's no magic prayer. It's it's simply you and your own words in your own heart telling Jesus, Jesus, I need you. I know I need a savior, and I believe it's you. If you choose to believe him, and you just tell him that, he will say yes to you. That's the promise of the gospel. That's the promise of Jesus. If you do that, would you let one of us know? Somebody in the band, or myself, or someone in our guest services area would just let us know that that's where you are today. We'd love to hear your story. Second invitation I want to give you today is: in a couple of weeks, we're going to celebrate baptism. Two weeks from today, right here in the auditorium, right in our gatherings. And uh, baptism is the moment where someone who is a follower of Jesus says, I want everyone else to know that I'm a follower of Jesus. We put people under under the water to symbolize burial with Christ, like you died to your old life, you died to your old, old self. We bring you back up out of the water to represent resurrection, like brand new life with Christ. If you're down for that, Talk to our people in the guest services area afterwards. They'll get you set up and we'll get you ready for baptism uh, coming up in a couple of weeks. Good? All right. Let's stand together to worship Jesus our Savior.